We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Roto Grinders? Welcome to the Morning Grind. I'm your host today, and for the week, TJ is Warwich. Stevie is off on a well-deserved vacation, and so I'll be taking the reins throughout the week, except for Thursday, uh, for the Thursday Night Football. But uh, today is the NBA uh, Morning Grind. We got a four-game slate, Monday, November 13th. Nice small one, and so we figure we got enough time to talk a little bit of Monday Night Football as well. I am joined by one of the OGs of the Morning Grind podcast. I know because long before I was I was working at Roto Grinders, I was listening to the podcast with Stevie and Will, Chief Justice, Will Priester, the newly married man. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations, my dude. Thanks so much, brother. And listen, you know, man... Getting getting called the OG in the DFS game is wow. That's that's super eye opening. But I, I mean, I, I have kind of been doing this a, a pretty good while now, and uh, I'm just grateful to be in the industry, man. Like um, I've always tried to be honest and 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 give my my perspective on the slate, and sometimes that goes with the crowd, and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, hopefully, I've been able to help some people along the way, and so. Appreciate those kind words, man. And thank you uh, for being here as well. Obviously, at some point, somebody's going to be calling calling you the elder statesman if you hang around long enough, and I'm sure you will. And so uh, just, just so glad to be on this pod with you. That's the goal. Look, when I was listening to you guys, I don't know if you're one of the DFS OGs, but you're definitely one of my DFS OGs because I've been with Roto Grinder since I started playing DFS like 10-ish years ago. Um, and so been with this crew since the get go and been sitting here hoping that one day I would get to come and do some content uh, as well. And so if I get, if I make it through that long to, to, uh, have people be like, Oh, I remember listening to you before we worked together. That would, that would definitely be pretty damn cool. That's the goal. That's the goal to stick around that long, but we got four games in the NBA to talk about. And first up, we got the Knicks going up against Boston. Um, no total yet in this one. 
I guess I now that I forget that I'm hosting, I probably should pull up a full uh, a full on injury report in this one. But we look; it looks like both teams are going to be mostly healthy. Like I don't think either teams are going to have any injured uh, players really for this one. So starting with the away team, New York Knicks. Do you have any interest here? Uh, who do you have any interest on? Man, so this is an interesting one for me, TJ, because. You know, and I don't I don't have the defensive efficiency numbers, but I usually have that pulled up. But ironically, the last I checked, and, and guys, just bear with me. Today is like my first day back on a podcast. Uh, so just I, I've been a little bit detached. And things could have shifted during the week. I was literally detached from sports. Um, so my, my first official day back was actually yesterday, which would have been Saturday. Um well, I started Saturday morning, like bright and early, and got ready for the blitz and all that stuff. So, um, last I checked, though, the New York Knicks were number one in defensive efficiency, and I don't and I don't think the Boston Celtics were far behind. So, this should be a tough game. One of the things we've seen from Boston, though, which is crazy, TJ, are they just going to blow everybody out every single game this season? That that's what's scared for me with Boston. And now you're throwing the Knicks in. I think, I think they have played the Knicks already. I think the Knicks may have actually given them some trouble. Um, let's see. Have they played? Yes, they have. And this was the one game where Boston didn't blow someone out. Obviously, I know Boston hasn't blown everybody out, but it was 104-108. But they were up in this game a significant amount, the Boston Celtics were. And the Knicks were able to claw their way back into this game. Um, I think the prices are right. I, You know, Derek White at one point was kind of a value play. I don't really consider him a value play anymore. Like he's about 6K on DraftKings. On a four-game slate, I think you can play some Porzingis. I think you can play some Mitch Robb. Uh, you know, I, I think you can play some R.J. Barrett. I think you can play some Tatum. But, but I think they're just sprinkles for me. I don't think anybody's a primary play. It's more of I'm building lineups. I got 8K left. You know, like I plug in Jalen Brunson as an example. You know, and that, that's just kind of how I view this game overall, TJ. This this is a this is going to be a slugfest, I think. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like we got, we have there are some players that you can take a shot on, like Jalen Brunson, uh, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson has been playing big minutes and has been really good this year. Um, on the Boston side of things, it's like it seems like one of Tatum or Brown, Drew Holiday, Porzingis, somebody's having a really big game, um, and they're starting to dip in, in price to a point that you can actually play maybe a couple of them. But Toronto's playing Washington, Milwaukee against Chicago. Milwaukee's been one of the worst defenses in the league so far. Cleveland against Sacramento. Sacramento plays fast, and they don't play any defense. So. I think this is a game where you go in a lineup HQ. You set a rule that I don't want to play more than one player from each of these teams, and you focus on stacking up the next three. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree 100%. And while you were talking, I did pull up those uh, defensive efficiency rankings, and we do have Minnesota is actually number one now. New York is number two. Orlando three, Boston four. Um, those are your defense, the top four teams in the league. So um, I'm with you on that. You, you play a handful and, and, and kind of go from there. And I think the two I probably would play 
Um, it's not like there's that many centers on this off on, on this slate that we feel like we really need to get to. Um, a lot of them have power forward eligibility tonight. And so I think the two that I would probably utilize would be Mitch Rob on one side and then Derek White on the other side. Um, those are the two whose prices I probably like the best here if I am getting to anybody in this game. But um, if you want to just even exit out of the slate on a three-game slate, I don't even think that's the craziest idea because it's probably going to be slow. And there's going to be a lot of defense. Next game up, we have Washington at the Toronto Raptors. I'm not going to bother saying the totals because there's no total in any of these games yet since we're recording a little bit early, but Raptors are without Christian Coloco and Gary Trent is listed as questionable after he just missed the last game. And DeLon Wright is out for a few weeks here for the Washington Wizards. This game, I think, is a lot more appealing from a uh, DFS standpoint. What do you like here for the Washington Wizards? Yeah, so I think, you know, when we look at this team, the price on Jordan Poole has come down quite a bit now. You know, when Jordan Poole started the uh, started the season, you know, I think he was somewhere around 8K, TJ, or in that, kind of in that 8K range. And, you know, he's now come down to about 7K. Now, there's a reason for that. The production hasn't been there. But I got to think, TJ, that at some point, like when we look at these shot attempts, at some point, right, like he's going to have a nice game. What better spot to take it on than a small slate where he's he's rather he's I don't want to say cheap, but reasonable. Let's I think that's the best word, reasonable. So I don't hate Jordan Poole in this spot. Uh, Denny Abdia has been a guy that I've I've kind of played from Washington. He's sixty three hundred now, so not as exciting, uh, but. You know, I, I think on a small slate, you could probably take some take some chances. Uh, if Bilal Kulavi was able to pick up thirty minutes here at thirty nine hundred, I don't I don't hate that. Um, at the and like, position, he's been like, picking you got Gafford. Gafford, yeah. One thing I was going to mention oh, is that even even though um, Gafford's not on the injury report because it's early in the day, they're on a back to back, and Gafford. Ended up returning, but he left the game partway through and Koulibaly started the second half with a thumb injury. So if that's something that like after the adrenaline wears down and uh, he wakes up the next morning and it's swollen and it hurts, there is a chance that like Koulibaly could end up in the starting lineup again. So if that is the case, I think it would not it would open up somebody like a Kispert. But additionally, I think Koulibaly would be the most interesting one as he probably gets into the starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we've also, TJ, we've seen Gallinari get to about 20 minutes. And so, like, at, at 3,700, I don't hate him as well just kind of as a flyer. Remember, it's a four-game slate, so we're kind of looking for some small differentiators. I think Gallinari could be a differentiator here at 3,700. Yeah, 100%. He is the like prototypical guy that on a short slate, if he's picking up low ownership, yeah, I don't want to play him on a big slate because he's only going to play like a maximum of 21 minutes, but he's a good enough yeah. point per dollar guy that on a small slate, I don't care. That's that could be all the value I need to get an extra spend up on this one. So I'm with you there. I like mm -hmm. that call. I'm, I uh, would like him even better if Gallinari is out. Um, but like Kuzma has been priced up. Avdi has been priced up. Trey Jones has been priced up. So, Pool and then those cheapies, I think, are going to be the ones I'm most interested in um, and probably don't want to get more than, like, two Wizards in a lineup. 
But the Toronto Raptors, now this is a different side of things because the Raptors play incredibly slow. The And they are also a very good defensive team. The Washington Wizards play at the fastest pace in the NBA and they are the worst defense in the NBA. And so the Raptors are not fantastic. Like they're good, but they're not great. They're okay. And so they may not actually blow the Wizards out in this spot. And if that is the case, we're going to want to absolutely load up on these Raptors because the Wizards have been the nut matchup in DFS so far this year. The only thing that you have to worry about is a blowout. But Barnes is price. He's pricey, but look, he's been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible this season. Siakam has seen his price go down. Schroeder's been priced up, but he's been he's been very good. OG Ananobi is probably the toughest one to get to at that price tag, but he's got a ceiling. Jakob Pertl, 6K. I think that's just like a tournament flyer only for me. But this entire Raptors starting lineup, um, and then maybe even if you're feeling crazy, somebody like a Precious Achua or, a, or an Otto Porter on a short game slate, a little revenge for Otto Porter, and he's been closing the close games for the Raptors lately. Um, I think that like this is the team I want to absolutely load up on in this slate as much as I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, TJ, let me just say this, Scott, I do write uh, an article every day, which, you know, I'm just getting back, so I'll, I'll be back on it tomorrow, um, you know, for for another company. But um, I've written up Scotty Barnes every slate of the season that I've, I've written up, right? Yeah. Start Starting from, starting, TJ, from week for the for, for opening night, the first game they played, I was writing up Scotty Barnes, and I continued to write up Scotty Barnes every single. And here's the reason why: if you watched preseason, if you read everything from preseason, Scotty Barnes in this weird way is kind of point forward. Scotty's kind of doing it all and scoring and rebounding and assisting. And it's not taken away from Dennis Schroeder; it has taken away from Pascal Siakam, which we knew would happen. But Scotty's been like this weird. Super high upside play for his price. Now, once Scotty gets to 9,800, we have to hop off. But at 9K, for a guy that's able to put up about 50 fantasy points every game at this point, like he's pretty much, he's pretty close to like a 50 point fantasy, 50 fantasy point player now. There's still a little bit of meat on the bone. So Scotty Barnes is definitely a guy that, you know, I want to get to in this slate. I don't hate Schroeder. Like, especially with Trent, and Trent continues to sit on the shelf, even if he's not. Like, Schroeder's been playing nice minutes. He's been putting up some nice performances. I, I just – and once again, you've talked about it. This Washington matchup has kind of been the matchup to attack. Um, I don't even mind in this spot, TJ, a, a little bit of Bobby Boucher. Like, as a sprinkle. Like, he's 4,200. He's a little bit past that really cheap price. But he can come in and get 20 minutes, 18 minutes in this – and put up 25 fans, 25, 30 fantasy points. Like, I, I think Chris Boucher, once again, he's not an elite. I don't think he's any type of an elite play per se. But on this slate, small slate, we've got Gallinari from that game. I think Chris Boucher, uh, Boucher from this game could be one of those sneaky plug him in, hope he gets you 25 to 30 fantasy points. So, look, I, uh, in general, I would agree with you on the Chris Boucher thing, but. I've watched the majority of the Raptors games so far this year, just as them being, being my team. And he just really 
does not get the minutes unless um unless uh precious achua is out now the devil like devil's advocating my own point here if you want to game stack this in a way so that is it is a blowout you are playing for a blowout so i wouldn't play boucher with a bunch of other players from this game that are starters i'd want to play him on my own that I, on his own that i'm lower on the starters in this game um because they one they won't play him unless it's a blow with precious achua healthy they just go to him but i think that guy in a close game so like if say you're playing scotty barnes and schroeder and you and running it back with jordan pool and you need a cheapie on this team i think that guy is auto porter because in the close games he's been the one who's been picking up minutes um but it's been uh in like the blowouts and that's when uh boucher gets his run when Achua's was in there um, and then like back to Scotty Barnes real quick. I honestly don't think I'm going to get off of him until 10, six, 10, seven. Cause he's like, he's shown 50 plus 60 plus ceilings on multiple occasions so far this year. So he's, he's the guy now with Van Vliet gone people like the Raptors kind of struggled to figure out who they were last year with Van Vliet and Barnes and Siakam. Who's the number one. Who's the number two. It's not, it's not a, thing anymore it's scotty barnes is the number one guy on this raptors team and will be for the next as many years as they can hold on to him for so um i love him in this spot i think he's my favorite spend up on the slate unless maybe damian lillard is still out then uh but he's probable so um if he were to for some reason sit maybe it's Giannis. but as of right now night before scotty barnes number one uh spend up on the slate for me What's up to the YouTube chat? If you're joining us live on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, hit that notification fella, uh, notification bell. We got Big Hurt in chat saying, what's up, fellas? What's up, Big Hurt? We got Richie Small saying, congrats on the wedding, Chief. And we got Dave saying, what's up, TJ and Chief? And uh, what's up to all of you? Thanks so much for joining us. Um, next game, we got Chicago at Milwaukee. Alex Caruso is out for the Bulls. Um, and then for the Milwaukee side of things, Damian Lillard is probable, but they're going to be without Jay Crowder. Starting with the Chicago side of things, do you have any interest going up against a Milwaukee team that has been historically one of the best defensive teams in the league? This year, one of the worst. Oh, I think you might be muted. TJ, Oh, never, or it was delayed. My bad. So, glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I uh, I caught on to early, like the first week or so. I, I was just once again. I always know there's noise, and then you also have to do a little bit of deductive reason, right? And so after the first week of the season, I just said, let me just check the defensive efficiency. Let's see where we are. And to my surprise, and also not surprised, Milwaukee was dead last in the league. Well, TJ, then you sit back and you say, well, does Drew Holiday have that much of an impact on the game? Well, yes, he does defensively. And, you know, you know, you look at a couple other pieces and it's like, well, yeah, this, this is going to be a great defensive team, at least not right now. And so for me, and, and guess, guess who else is it there? Grayson Allen is it there. He's in Phoenix. Like I'm like their their defensive guard play has changed dramatically, and so when I look at it, Milwaukee's another spot that we can attack, and so I, I like Kobe White, I like Zach Levine, I like 
DeMar DeRozan at 7,400 on DraftKings. I like a Nikola Vucevic at 7,600. Now, look, the Bulls haven't been spectacular, and everything's been spread out, and you're hoping that they can start putting together some upside games. If we can start getting DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic all in that 40 to 45-point fantasy point range game to game, yeah, their prices are going to come up, but we're going to have some, some opportunities like today. I think today is one of those opportunities. Uh, really like this team in general. I, I, I like DeRozan the most, probably followed by Kobe White, and uh, then we'll go from there. Ah, uh, Brees Hall touchdown, then it gets called back on a hold. That is not what you wanted to see after the great start with uh, all the field goals in this game, but uh, hey, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I, it's difficult to stack up multiple of these Chicago guys. It feels like they don't typically go off together and it's usually just one of them, but they're all getting the price tags that I, where I want to make sure I get at least one. I'll probably make a rule that I ha- I want to have at least one of Levine, Vucevic, and DeRozan in, I guess maybe not, or Drummond. I want to have Levine, Vucevic, DeRozan, or Drummond in every single one of my lineups on a small slate because if this game is a close game, one of them will be optimal. One of Levine, Vucevic, or DeRozan will be optimal because they all have such low price tags, and one of them puts up 40-plus in a close game every single night. If it's not... If if the Bucks absolutely blow out Chicago in this spot, which they probably won't because they haven't been that good this year, um, but if they do, then I want Andre Drummond because if he gets twenty two minutes instead of his usual, you know, fourteen, he's going to be optimal in this spot because he's still, even though he's a terrible real life basketball player, he's still a well over a fantasy point per minute uh, player, and so he could end up being a fantastic low owned GBP play in this spot if it's if it blows out but if it, it's close I want to make sure I have one of the big threes on this team and maybe even a little bit of Kobe White as well um on the Milwaukee side of things um Giannis has been priced up for Lillard to absence so I think I only really want to get to Giannis in like little mini game stacks either one to two of those uh Chicago stars with him um but I'm probably more willing unless we get like some screaming value opening up on this slate, I'm probably more willing to take shots on either Dame or more so Brooke Lopez, I think is my favorite guy in this spot. Um, but I'm a lot more interested in the Chicago side than the Milwaukee side, I think, because they've been priced up for Dame's absence. Um, and so I think that's kind of how I want to roll with it in this one. How about you? Yeah, same for me. I I, I have pretty much the, the same thoughts. All right. And so anybody else that we want to mention in this one? I don't think so. It's interesting that like I think I think the Bucks have to make a trade before being like able to compete with the with the Nuggets or a couple of these other teams, whether it be the Celtics or whoever in the in a tougher Eastern Conference now, because like Malik Beasley can't be your defensive stopper. He's not good enough at defense. He, if, if you get him coming off the bench and scoring and shooting, that's what you use Malik Beasley for. He can't be your defensive stopper. So when you already have Dame, who's a bit of a defensive liability in the backcourt, you need somebody who can absolutely lock up. And so maybe if they could get somebody like the injured Caruso from this team, um, who can actually legit play defense, they I think that's what they need for that next spot. Maybe it is just, 
Chris Middleton at the shooting guard position once he's finally healthy, but I think they need to make an adjustment before they're legit. Final game of the night, Cleveland at Sacramento. On the Cleveland side of things, we got Isaac Okoro listed as questionable in this one. And then on the Sacramento side, De'Aaron Fox is currently listed as doubtful, not expected to play in this one. So we'll assume as of now that he's out, but you never know uh, as things could change throughout the day. Um, who, who do you like here for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, Cleveland, once again, man, this is another interesting spot, to say the least, for me, uh, because they do have a lot of their guys back now. So Darius Garland at 7,200 with him being back. You know, this is a guy, TJ, when we watched him play last year with Donovan Mitchell, you know, this is a guy that was, you know, putting up about 40 fantasy points a game during during certain stretches. And so we're getting him in, in what should be an up-tempo matchup. So I like Garland here. Uh, Jared Allen, 5,700, just because he's coming back, TJ. Hasn't hit 30 minutes yet. That's okay. I want to go ahead and start playing him now at this price. This is a guy that has 40 fantasy point upside. At 5,700, if he puts up 40 fantasy points on this slate, he's probably absolutely optimal at that price, unless everybody just goes nuts. So I, I like him a ton. Another guy that's been interesting with his role. Uh, now, look, he is priced up a little bit, TJ, but on this slate, I don't hate it. That's Max Struess. His role has been pretty steady in this team. I thought maybe the minutes would change some, but even with uh, Garland back in the team at full strength. He's still playing 30-plus minutes, a guy that's going to uh, get up get up enough shots. And with Cleveland, he's been putting up peripheral stats as well, TJ. Like we saw 8-4 and four the other night, 7-3, and 4-4. Four and four, four. Like this is what we need. So I don't hate Max Struess here uh, as well uh, for the price at 5700 on a small slate. This is a 13-game slate. I'm probably not considering him on a four-game slate. I absolutely think he's in play. Yeah, I like that as well. Struess, Lavert has actually maintained a pretty solid role, playing well over 30 minutes a game. And so even though there's a little bit of sticker shock with his price, considering everybody's healthy, I think he's interesting for GPPs in a great matchup. Donovan Mitchell is too cheap at 9,300. I think he's a great tournament play. He's just behind Scotty Barnes for me as my favorite tournament spend up on the slate. Um, Mobley's seen his production dip a little bit since Jared Allen has come back, so he's probably my least favorite, but he's still in play. Um, I like the Struce call. I love Jared Allen in this spot. I want to be all over this entire Cleveland starting lineup and Karis LeVert. Like, they're top six guys. They Cleveland falls below Toronto for me, but it's Toronto priority one, Cleveland number two, Chicago number three for me on this slate. Um, and I want to get just as much of these guys as possible. On the Sacramento side of things, they're in a pace down spot. They're facing a elite def defense. Uh, they haven't been as good so far this year, but now that Jared Allen is back, they're expected to get a lot better. They were an elite defense last year. Um, Fox is still doubtful. Who do you have interest in on the Sacramento side of things? Yeah, I mean, for me with Sacramento, and this is this is even when Fox was in, and probably even more when Fox was in. Malik Monk was a guy I was enjoying playing coming off the bench. He's 6K now, so it's basically been priced up uh for the 30-minute role that he will have. So at six, but even at 6K, I don't hate him on the slate. I don't hate Kevin Herter. Um, you know, when we look at uh Harrison Barnes, I know he he's been leaving a lot to be desired. 
Uh, but on a small slate, I don't mind plugging him in. Hopefully, hopefully he will start to normalize his fantasy production and start landing more in that 25 to 30 range rather than the 20 to 25 range. Uh, you know, Davion Mitchell is a guy that I think, you know, we could consider on this slate. You know, maybe he we, gets up to 25, 30 minutes. And we uh, don't want to consider Davion Mitchell. That was one that you missed on uh, on your on your week off. Uh, I don't want to say off because getting married is as busy is a lot more busy than working at Rotogrinders. But uh, Keon Ellis has been the starting point guard the last two games over Davion Mitchell for the Kings. And uh, Keon Ellis was actually up to 31 minutes in a close game against Oklahoma City as the starter. So 3,900, he's the he's the cheap uh, uh, Sacramento guard we would want over Davion Mitchell. No, 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 no. I, I actually, I'm still cool with Davion. Like, I'm saying in tournaments, like if, if everybody's going to play, like I feel like we might just not play him at all. And he could yeah. absolutely still go ahead and play 25 minutes. That's very true. I assume, I assume too much, but it realistically on a small slate that can absolutely work. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, totally different philosophy for me on small slate stuff. Like it's an eight game slate. No way I play Davion on a four game slate. Like it, it's so weird, but like even guys like Alex Lynn are, are like slightly in play, even though he's because you know how this works, TJ, right? It's a four-game slate. You're like, oh, this guy doesn't play any minutes. You X him out, and then the one time on this – you don't X him out. Alex Lynn rolls out there, plays 25 minutes randomly because Sabonis gets hit in the nose and has to sit out for 10 minutes, <laughs> and he's sitting there with 30 fantasy points. You're like, why didn't I play Alex Lynn again? Like, why, why didn't I – look, I'm not saying you should play Alex Lynn. I think he's actually a terrible play, but <laughs> Davion, I, I think, has still got, got a little bit of, a little bit of, of attraction – on a small slate. Yeah, especially because if it turns into a blowout, if George or not George, sorry, that's the uh um Utah guy, but if Ellis isn't very good and they just decide they want Mitchell more because his defense is elite against a team that has two elite guards, that is absolutely something they could do here as well. So um I'm with you. On a small slate, you can take shots on anything. We're going to skip past the morning grind game, and instead we're gonna quickly pivot to a first look for the Monday night football game since that was such a small slate. Now we're not going to dive fully in to uh, like, we're not going to dive fully into a deep dive of that game, but just give a quick first look. We have Denver at Buffalo uh, for the Monday night football game. I'm assuming Buffalo is going to be pretty heavy favorites in this spot. Um, kind of first look, just how do you think this game is going to go? If you pull up DraftKings, are there any prices that uh, stand out uh, for you? Because, you know, look, we were together on the uh, pre-lock show for Sunday Night Football, and we kind of nailed it so far. We said, play the kickers early and often. And so far, there's been four field goals in this game, the only point scored. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, this is a weird game for me. Because I think we feel like Buffalo is the much better team. And in my mind, TJ, they absolutely are. But there's been an extreme lack of consistency with this team this year. They've been all over the place. Denver's defense has seemingly started to come together a little bit. Um, 
even still, though, like Buffalo's at home. I'm expecting them to run away with this game. Um, Stefan Diggs has been a man amongst boys on, in this receiving core in terms of targets. Now, Dalton Kincaid has been picking up tons of targets um, with uh, with the other tight end out of the game. So I don't I don't hate Diggs. Obviously, um, at some point, Gabriel Davis has to have another big game. Maybe it could be this week. But I think I think I'm going to have a lot more interest in the Denver side, TJ, than than maybe most people think because I do think there's value in playing the the negative game script for Denver, where Russ is yeah. going to end up being you know cheaper than and this team is going to end up being a lot cheaper than the, the Bills side, and I think you can put together some uh, some interesting construction uh, by playing a, a couple more extra build a couple extra Broncos building for the negative game script. Yeah, I and I like the idea too of just saying, hey, maybe Josh Allen runs one in, maybe James Cook gets one, but Cook is actually a lot more expensive than I expected him to be in this spot. So um, maybe we go to a couple of the cheap pass catchers here with uh, uh, for Buffalo. Like um, where what where is Kincaid's price here? Kincaid is priced up too. Geez, this entire Buffalo team is expensive. Uh, for this game, but Khalil Shakir yeah, that's what I'm is saying. still pretty cheap. So that's my main, that's the guy that I'm for sure going to the most here. Um, you pair like some Josh Allen, Khalil Shakir, and then you do the negative game script of uh, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. I really like, um, even if I'm not fully stacking up the uh, Denver offense and I'm just playing a, a Buffalo onslaught with one Denver player, I really want to get to as much Sutton and specifically Jerry Judy as possible um, for this one. So that's kind of how I'm going to be looking to play it, but I'll have an NFL prize picks article. I'm not sure who's on for the pre-walk show on Monday night, but uh, we got lots of great content coming for Monday night football. As always, Dave in chat says Joker always doing Joker things, especially with Jamal Murray out going off again. He was my uh, favorite tournament play today on the NBA expert survey. So uh, happy to see that he is doing well, even though I didn't play any NBA on Sunday nights. But that'll do it for the morning grind. Thanks to those who joined us live on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Um, and we will uh, be back tomorrow for the morning grind with myself and Keith talking about NBA as well. Chief, do you got anything for the people before we get out of here? Negative. Thanks, Richie, for, for the shout out. And everybody, appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully we're able to help you make a little money on a four-game slate. All right, that'll do it. Thanks so much, everyone. We will see you tomorrow. Peace.